Four fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Back, what's going on? It's your boy, the Wolf of Rotor Street, RotorStreetJournal.com. We read and feed you fantasy wolves here to tell you we take no days off. It's 2023, not even a handful of days in, and we're diving into the 2023 fantasy football rankings, baby. Let's go. The must watch stories as well. We'll go position by position, talk through it all. Many of you are probably thinking this is way too early, Wolf. You're a psycho. Although many of you also probably watching this show are just like me. Never getting a satisfied itch with that fantasy infliction. And that's why I'm here to keep getting that content all offseason. I'll miss you guys all too much. Those of you that tune into the live streams, interacting with us daily, would miss you guys too much. But obviously, too, I think there's a lot of practicality to getting this ranking set out here early. Yes, we'll have tons of swings and changes with the coaching changes, the free agency, the NFL draft, all of those things will send these rankings up and down in all different directions. But I still love getting this base very early. It's actually my first time doing a stream this early, but I always get my rankings up quickly right when I can because it's very important to look back upon when there's no other rankings out there right now to really bias me. This is kind of like the purest fantasy soul I have out here with the season still fresh. All of those things still on the mind and nothing else to skew me. I like to get these rankings out here, have a little record, so that way when things do rise, fall, and all that action happens, I have something to fall back upon and look at. So, yes, of course, it's for all you fantasy addicts out there who can't get enough, but also a little practicality, a little bit of a a going back point, if you will. So, folks, if you enjoy the content while we get through these, or you're just tuning in live here as we get going. That thumbs up does continue to help us grow. We had a great season of growth. that was so awesome in 2022. We're hoping to double it again in 2023 by getting out there early and often and helping you guys dominate these leagues. As mentioned, we'll go position by position, talking about what my rankings and tiers are and what we'll be watching, some of the biggest stories. We expect to change these things as we go in 2023. But thanks again so much. I see a bunch of you guys already tuning in with your thank yous. Super chat already coming in from Kevin Rice. Thank you so much, Kevin, for your support. Uh, And anybody we helped win and title, let us know. We love to hear that stuff. It does go such a long way. That's why we do it, is to help you guys win. So let us know how you did. But thank you so much for the super chat, for checking out shop.rosarygenal.com, getting your shirts. All right, let's go, though. You want to get into these rankings. Let's start with my way too early 2023 rankings at the quarterback position. I go by tiers always, as you guys know. And as you can see here, one, two, three. I don't think you can go wrong. If you want to argue, you know, Patrick Mahomes should be number one. I'm not going to give you much grief. All of these guys are the guys I would take mid to late round two at this point. And I've always been a weight on QB guy, but I think the NFL is evolving and we need to evolve our fantasy strategies with it. And certainly in two QB leagues, these guys should be in your, maybe the one, two, three off the board. No other position should even be thought upon with these three, with Josh Allen at number one, Jalen Hurts at number two, and then Pat Mahomes coming in at three. Again, organize them however you want. These are the guys that just average routinely 25 to 30 points a game. And Josh Allen himself had 10 of his 16 games finish inside the top five fantasy QBs as a weekly performer. 
These are the guys that consistently give you a head heads edge. I do give Allen just the slight edge here over Hertz and Mahomes, given that you know back to back years, back to back to back years rather in the top two fantasy quarterbacks, with two of them being number one this year. He did fall behind Patrick Mahomes as the number one quarterback. Jalen Hurts, in fact, was the number one quarterback in points per game. So again, all of these guys are perfectly okay. Whichever one you want to take, you're not going to get much argument or grief from me. I do think they belong after the elite running backs and wide receivers are gone. You know, the top 12 receivers, the top eight or so running backs, that's when you can really start to consider these guys in your early rounds, a strategy, a philosophy switch that I am abiding to this year. Now, the tier two, and I honestly, I, now that I'm looking at this, I almost feel like Fields belongs in another tier himself, given they are bound to upgrade this team significantly in the offseason, the Bears, behind Justin Fields. Biggest upgrades I'm looking for is the offensive line. He was under duress all day, and yes, I know that generates some rushing opportunities, but getting him some more time to throw, and then also some more weaponry. Yes, they traded for Chase Claypool. Going to be a big difference maker once he can finally get acclimated to this offense and they get to really figure out how to use him. But he's a good number two. We need a true, true alpha for me to truly vaunt Justin Fields into that next tier. But, man, we saw multiple, in fact, the most among any QB's 40-point days from Justin Fields. The ceiling is ridiculous. If he was playing this week, he'd probably be breaking. This is week 18 right now. We're going through these rankings. He's going to sit, but he was damn close to breaking Lamar Jackson's rushing record on the year, but he's going to sit this one out. So I think Justin Fields definitely has the upside to approach this top tier, uh, maybe even emerging like tier two by himself because that rushing upside dude, defines Konami upside, but want to see some line, want to see some weapons upgrades. Right behind him are Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. I keep flip-flopping these guys, and maybe – Lately, I've been feeling better about Burrow, but I just think these are the guys, the middle rounds, you know, four, five, and six, where I'd consider like rounds five through seven, where I, I really take that early plunge. If I miss out on the big three at the top, these are the guys you can just lock in, set, and forget yet again in 2023. In tier three, we start to move into some of the guys that definitely locked in QB1s, but maybe a little bit more question marks here. Moving at number seven, Trevor Lawrence, a big rise over this last year. I mean, he has truly taken that next step, looking like an absolute monster down the stretch run, engineering a Jaguars team that is just scorching hot, likely into the playoffs, depending on how they go against the Titans this week. So I really like this guy because he's now going to get Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you see him wheeling and dealing with Christian Kirk, with Evan Ingram, and now you're going to have Calvin Ridley in 2023 joining this team. A lot of cap space as well for them to continue to beef up the line and add maybe even more weaponry at this point. But Trevor Lawrence, he has that feel of like, and this is how good I think Calvin Ridley is, reminds me a bit of not as mobile as Jalen Hurts, but that same type of mid-round quarterback, you know, around 6'7", that everybody likes as a breakout, gets that elite wide receiver one in Calvin Ridley, assuming he plays, at his disposal and just takes off to that next level. Him and Doug Peterson have a great rapport. I love what they're building there in Jacksonville, and I love that Trevor Lawrence has finally emerged as that guy that does now look like you couldn't have missed it, number one, if you had that pick. Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> Jets, damn. They screwed themselves over that year by winning that one game and missing out on him. Now, Lamar Jackson, he could easily rise much higher than this eight spot, but he's one of the biggest offseason storylines as a free agent. As mentioned, though, last you know, in the preseason, I got so much slack for – Lamar Jackson, most overrated quarterback in fantasy. Big take I put out there. And through a couple weeks after 30 and 40 point back-to-back games, I was getting torn through the shredder out of that one. But ultimately, 
The case I made against him, inconsistent, low floor, has a couple booms that make it look good on the year, but ultimately has never been that guy you can truly rely on since that MVP season. And that ultimately came to fruition. Had multiple outside the top 12 games, got hurt, as I mentioned, was a big risk with Lamar Jackson. Landing spot will be a big thing. He's truly had nobody to ever throw to. So if he goes back to Baltimore, would love to see them finally upgrade some weaponry, maybe refresh the scheme. But there's definitely some question marks with Lamar Jackson. Tua, of course, the health's a big risk. Concussion, walking concussion at this point. I mean, prayers up. The guy recovers quickly from the latest one. But if he is in, we saw how dangerous Tua can be with multiple, multiple 300-yard games, throwing a Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill. Um, largely finished in the top 12. He had a stretch where he went the quarterback 1-4-3 and three with 29-24, 23 points. Did get hurt and then slowly tapered off a bit. But we saw Mike McDaniels in him. These weapons look insane. So love to uh, coming into next year. You got Dak Prescott rounding out my top 10 here. Uh, wasn't quite the prolific. I mean, quarterback one in back-to-back years and points per game with, um, of course, that play caller there. Ken, uh, today escaping my mind here. Uh, him and Dak had had a great relationship. They did get more run balance this year, though. So it wasn't quite that, you know, light up the world Dak Prescott that we had been used to. But he still finished uh, right inside your top 12 fantasy quarterbacks per game, 18.5 on the season. So nice season from Dak, even in a more balanced attack. Still had plenty of top 10 games on the year. Still has good weaponry to throw to. C.D. Lamb, maybe they do sign Odell Beckham. And then Kirk Cousins really took that next step uh, this offseason with this Kevin O'Connell system. Much more pass happy. Seemed to be a great marriage. We obviously know Justin Jefferson. If you're tied to Justin Jefferson, that might be a walking 200 <laughs> yards right there. So we saw feel, uh, Kirk Cousins rather towards the end of the year, 25, 34, 24. Did have that meltdown against Green Bay last week with only 11 points, but really seemed to find his groove throughout the year. Uh, multiple, multiple huge yardage days with this weaponry. So now you have the same play caller. Really, really big fan here of Kirk Cousins. And that kind of wraps up my, my QB ones. I do have Deshaun Watson coming in at 12. He looked horrendous, but he has never finished outside the top six QBs throughout his time in Houston. I do think a big re rebound is in order. We saw Jared Goff look great. And then you got some of the bigger questions of the offseason, which is maybe good time here to move in from our way too early QB rankings to our, our offseason QB storylines here in Trey Lance, Matthew Stafford, Kyler Murray, big health storylines there. Will Trey Lance regain the number one quarterback job in San Francisco? He seems to be the only guy that can't operate this offense right here. Uh, Matthew Stafford, you know, with Baker Mayfield looking okay, is his gonna is he gonna risk the back injury that he suffered there? Kyler Murray, it's late ACL tear. Is that gonna be? something he can fully recover from before ahead of the season. So those are all things we will be monitoring. This offseason is the health. We also got to monitor, as mentioned, Lamar Jackson, potentially on the move. Where will he land if he leaves Baltimore? As well as Tom Brady, now a free agent. Derek Carr, Jimmy G, Daniel Jones, and Geno Smith, the other free agents entering this offseason. Where will they go? And particularly Daniel Jones. These last few weeks seems to really have come into his own with the Giants. They want to keep him, according to reports. Would be a great fit to stay there, upgrade some weaponry, and see what he can do. So as you can see, all these rankings will again be at RoastryJournal.com slash big board. You want to see everything there. Let's move now to my way too early 2023 running back rankings. I'll go through about 20 of them because, again, a lot of free agents, in particular, 
running back class has some very intriguing storylines and free agents this offseason. So we'll hit on those at the end. But let's rip through my rankings here. Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry, my top three in that order. McCaffrey does have some question marks. Will he coexist? Well, if Trey Lance does return as the starter, who did not show much of a propensity to throw it to the running back position. We will see, but man, he has over a thousand yards with nine touchdowns in less than a half of a season since coming over to San Fran. What a beautiful fit with Kyle Shanahan, a brilliant player with a brilliant play caller. Don't need to overthink it. He's my number one running back and number one overall player as of right now. If I was drafting today, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, not far behind him though. Yet another brilliant season. He has 38 touchdowns across his last two years. The next closest guy is 22. An elite score at the position was routinely a running back one throughout the year, finishing with a bang 20 and 28 uh, standard points. You mix in the, the half PPR, we got 30 points there as the running back one in your fantasy championships. Big season from Austin Eckler here, used to perfection in an explosive offense. Not much else needs to be said. Now, Henry uh, returned from that, um, off, that 2021 injury quite well, just exploding. It looked a little sketchy to begin the year, eight and nine points. Running back 33, 26, and then bam, 23, 22, 26, 15, 35, 24, 8, 24, 13, 5, 19, 24, and 18 points. Routinely finishing in the top five running backs. Just an absolute steamrolling tank that continues to defy age. This is the type of guy, yeah, he'll be a little bit older, so big risk entering the season because we know that Cliff at 30 for the running back position, but he'll be about 28, 29 throughout the season. I'm not too worried about this guy. He's built like such a tank that I don't know the age will necessarily matter and make him more injury prone. Then we move on to Jonathan Taylor, tier two. So those first three are the guys that I continue to remain locked into my half PPR uh, first round. But uh, next year, we'll talk about when we get to receivers. I've always been a bell cow breeder. I still have five guys in my fringe first round here at the running back position. But I only think consider that – First three, again, McCaffrey, Eckler, Henry, as the you must take these guys in round one. There's no debating it otherwise. Then we move into tier two, and these are still my running back ones, but more so the round two uh, guys that I consider. And Jonathan Taylor, a fringe first rounder, the next guy on the list, the number one consensus guy entering the year, obviously one of the biggest disappointments in fantasy, but they are bound for a top three pick. Maybe they do get one of the big two rookie QBs coming in. Either way, you got to imagine they make a huge upgrade there. Certainly, it's not going to be worse play calling than Jeff Saturday coming in. So getting fully healthy, I mean, I am willing to look past the sickening year with awful quarterback play, horrendous line play. They have a ton of holes they need to fix here for Jonathan Taylor to reemerge. But I am very confident. The few times they really did establish him and get him going was that one streak. It started with the Raiders game. 22 carries, 22 carries, 20 and 21. He finished with 23, 15, 17, and then 12 points was a top 12 running back for three of those four weeks. And that's really the only time he had that meaningful volume at full health. And then he got hurt again, and it was just a lost year for Taylor. But with better quarterback play, ideally a fresh, young offensive mind coming in. I'm a big fan of Taylor. Then we move on to one of our biggest stories of the offseason will be Saquon Barkley at five. Number seven, Tony Pollard, also a free agent. Man, if any of them land with the Chiefs, you could have them in the conversation for number one overall, not just at running back, but the entire big board if they land there. Right in sandwich in between those two very, very exciting free agents is Nick Chubb, given Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson are both free agents. 
this offseason. I do imagine Kevin Stefanski will replace them. You know, if if the, both those guys end up gone, whether it's Jerome Ford, who looked very impressive this preseason, or they make a higher investment in the draft or free agency pool, I do think Nick Chubb will have a running back mate. That's just how Stefanski runs the system. But man, there's a chance, a slight chance, one of the best pure runners we've ever seen gets this entire backfield to himself. It's a full offseason to meld with Deshaun Watson. So that's why I have Nick Chubb as high as six, despite him sputtering at the end. Don't forget how damn good he was. He was the running back one in fantasy for two-thirds of the year. Just filthy all year. So I can imagine a world where Nick Chubb approaches the number one running backs, especially if he can inherit some receiving work should Kareem Hunt leave. And then Ramondre Stevenson clocking in at eight. Now this ranking does assume Damian Harris, an unrestricted free agent, is gone. We just saw that, look no further than last week, Harris played and actually outcarried Ramondre last week. So if Harris returns, if they make a big investment at the running back position, should Harris leave? I don't know that I can keep Ramondre as a fringe top 10 guy. But as of right now, we saw him play most of the season without Damian Harris. Ramondre was an absolute monster uh, for those spans. Great receiving. You know, if you look at PFF's grades, receiving, running, efficiency metrics, any type of metric you want to toss out there, this guy was an absolute monster. 18, 11, 19, 23, 20, 18, 15, 11, 16, 11, 24 points. I mean, almost all of those games falling in your top 12 running backs from week three through week 12. Just an absolute monster. Only was hindered when Damian Harris was in the lineup. So I could see Ramondre Stevenson, who finishes the running back 12 in fantasy, but definitely uh, actually, that, that was in standard, too. So if you, you mix in receptions, which he was towards the top of the league in receptions, bumps up to running back 10. But again, if he gets that whole backfield to himself all year, whew, could be a monster. Then as you see, Joe Mixon with Samaje Pirine, also a free agent coming into the year, maybe more receiving work coming for him. We just, you know what you're getting to Mixon. It's a locked-in top 10 guy, always saw. And then rounding out my top 10 is Kenneth Walker. What an absolute monster this guy is. Uh, so many glimpses of being the next big thing. If not him, obviously, Brees Hall, who we'll talk about in a little bit. But Kenneth Walker had that stretch run where he took over as the starter against New Orleans and never looked back. Running back, uh, he had 15 points, 18 points, 29, 12, 26, 10, 16, 10, 12, and 15. Crosses healthy games as the starter. So double digits in all of them. <laughs> I mean, that's very impressive for a rookie on an offense that should only continue to ascend here. So big, big fan here of Kenneth Walker moving forward. I think he'll only get better. I think the Seahawks will only get better. Another team that could stand for a big quarterback upgrade. And you move into tier three, and I, it's hard to not have Josh Jacobs right in this like locked in running back one tier. I love the player. Also an unrestricted free agent, though, with less of the pass catching chops that Tony Pollard and um, of course, Saquon Barkley bring to the table. So uh, he's definitely a little bit more landing spot dependent than the other two. I think any team that goes out and pays a big bag to get Barkley or Pollard is clearly going to be using them with very big intentions. Whereas Josh Jacobs does not bring quite that skill set, but man, he is so damn good. What an absolute warrior of a year he has had. So I could not keep him outside of my top 12 running backs. The more I think about him, he definitely belongs in this tier, maybe even ahead of Ramondre. Like what a season. The fantasy MVP. I would say, of 2022, given where you drafted him and where he finished as the running back three this year. 18 and a half points per game behind only McCaffrey and Eckler. What an absolute beastly season. 
Maybe he returns to the Raiders after what he did, which would be a great spot. Clearly became a workhorse, changed the philosophy there for Josh McDaniels. Then you round out my top 17 or so here, the, the remaining fringe RB1s, elite running back twos. These are the guys you're looking at in round three or so uh, as great, great investments. Dalvin Cook at 12. It was a good fit, not quite the fit I expected with Kevin Stefanski. He expected a lot more screens and Todd Gurley-esque usage. Didn't quite come to fruition, but still played all the games for the first time in his career. Nice season here for Dalvin Cook. Good fit. I think he's a great spot. And then Travis Etienne, man, what a breakout. After we had James Robinson traded, he had a great, great rest of his year. Did suffer a little bit of an injury and didn't fully seem to regain his health for a couple weeks after that. But when we saw him looking fully healthy and explosive, 13, 12, 18, 24, 26 points, gets hurt, and then ultimately rounds out the season, though, with a few big ones, 13 and 22 points, running back five in your fantasy championships. So Travis Etienne, I just think this Jags team continues to ascend tied to that Trevor Lawrence offense I was just raving about. I think Travis Etienne. One thing missing is the pass catching work, which is what his strength was coming in. So once that ideally gets added to his plate, the ceiling is the limit. Could see a top five finish for Travis Etienne in 2023. Yeah, Aaron Jones, you know, running back 14. He'll probably finish at running back 9, 10, but it will be, as we saw this year, a little bit frustrating, a little bit maddening. He'll have a 35 point day and an eight to nine point day. A.J. Dillon in particular really came down on the stretch here. So a little lower on Aaron Jones than I typically am. Big question for the offseason. Running back 15 here, Brees Hall suffered an ACL tear, a little bit of meniscus damage as well. If we know he's fully cleared, fully healthy, and ready to go, he was looking like maybe a top four running back, top two running back potentially in the NFL. All the athleticism in the world that everybody raved about coming into the year was translating on the field to perfection, the pass catching chops, everything. So Brees Hall, definitely one of the biggest storylines of the offseason. What type of shapes he going to be in? How's he going to look? But man, I'll be going back to that well, no doubt about it. It was a heartbreak, maybe the most heartbreaking injury of 2022. But as long as he's good to go entering the 2023 season, I mean, ACLs these days, it's like nothing. So yes, added risk with the injury, potentially re-aggravating it. But I love, love, love the player. The line is beastly. I want to see what they do at quarterback. It sounds like they're committed to Zach Wilson, which is absolutely moronic. I think that's coach speak. See if they can get some uh, type of deal for him. But Brees Hall, right now, top 15 without knowing his health, but has could easily find himself in my top seven running backs by the time this rolls around. James Conner just continues. You know, After a disappointing start to the year, ultimately finishes uh, in the top 15 with running back points per game. Missed a few games there, but averaged 13.6 points per game. Really came out down the stretch here with Kyler Murray hurt. And that's where, I mean, maybe it's a good thing for him if Kyler Murray is ultimately going to miss some time in 2023 because he just feasts J James Conner, whether it's Colt McCoy, David Blau. I mean, 20, 22, 20, 17, 22 again. Like I mean, the guy went berserk ever since Kyler Murray has been removed from the lineup. Uh, two, one, 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 one touchdown. He has scored in six, seven straight weeks, rather, seven touchdowns across those six weeks to close out 2022 here for James Conner. Back to that dynamo that he was the year before. So right back in my top 20 running backs, maybe a little too low on Conner. These guys kind of round out in a Najee Harris, you know, a first rounder nearly everywhere last year. A guy I faded hard. I'll go back to the well, though. I do think that foot injury really took a big toll on him. And even still, you know, well over 
80% of his games finished into the double digit fantasy points. The big thing was the receiving work just was lacking all year compared to what we saw uh, the year prior. And hopefully they get a coordinator that capitalizes that Najee is a great pass catching back. I know he's not the most explosive, elusive, athletic guy, but he is just so solid in every facet of the game. Churns gets it done. Good touchdown score, a good nose for the end zone. D could be in it for a big rebound, especially should they get rid of Matt Canada, that terrible offensive coordinator there. And I'll round out, you know, 25 running backs is kind of where I'll cut this before chatting through a few of the must-watches. But Javante Williams, right at 18, similar to Brees Hall, but an even worse injury with a torn ACL, torn LCL, and then some other damage going on in his knee. What an absolute horse, though. He's already been talking about how he's hitting his rehab as hard as you would ever expect. Uh, looking great. He's off crutches for a while now. So I expect Javante Williams to hopefully rebound, but can't rank him too high with the injury questions, with the offense questions. But still, that, this just goes to show how much I love, 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 love the player. Melvin Gordon, obviously gone at this point. So if they're going to make you know, Latavius Murray a workhorse down the stretch, maybe Williams can just reemerge as a monster. DeAndre Swift, I know many of you puke seeing him in my top 20. But Jamal Williams is a free agent. Now, I do think he's such a Dan Campbell's guy that I expect Williams will be back with the Lions. But what if he's not? That's where DeAndre Swift would creep into their top 10 potentially. So that's why I have him here at 19. So damn explosive. So maddening his inconsistent usage, especially as a pass catcher where he is just such a beast. Why is Justin Jackson taking some of those snaps? I do not know. But 26 points in your fantasy championships goes to remind you how damn good this guy can be, uh, even on only – 15 touches. So I really like DeAndre Swift to kind of put it together in 2023 and be a big rebound bounce back candidate. Alvin Kamara, I don't know what to do with, you know, rounds up my top 20. I'm hoping they have a new play caller and quarterback, anything that he ran less than 50% of the routes in multiple weeks this year. And he is a elite pass catcher, maybe the best pass catching back we've seen across the last five years. And he's getting out targeted by like Dwayne Washington and crap. David Johnson, the corpse of David Johnson. Plus, he's got a suspension looming. So 20 felt about right, but honestly, maybe even a little too generous here with Kamara. A lot of risk coming in the offseason off of a humongous bust of a year. But round four or five, I mean, there's every shot, similar to DeAndre Swift, that he could rebound in a major way. Cam Akers had a huge end to his 2022 season. And man, I, I do think this officially shows him fully over that Achilles injury, which usually takes two, three years. Usually really takes you know a lifetime to recover from. Very rarely have we ever seen running backs. Only Dante Foreman in recent history has recovered from that torn Achilles. But Cam Akers down the stretcher, 19, 9, 12, 34, and 14 fantasy points to close out 2022. The team really committing to him to see what they had in him, and he rewarded him. So he's got one more year on his rookie deal. Maybe this is like a a final tryout for him. Could he be our back of the future situation? Big fan of Cam Akers, though, entering next year in an offense that, yes, obviously a hugely disappointing year. Need to see some significant line upgrades across the board. But I do still think this Rams team has immense upside. They're just a year removed from you know winning a Super Bowl as a top five offense in the league. McVay, always in an offense I want to tie myself to. Dobbins, obviously getting into full health would be huge for him. He's looked really good to close the rest. And I still think he's missing a gear. Like if he finds that old gear he used to have, given the vision, we're seeing all the, the traits, but that last gear, he could be huge. That stretch. Zeke maybe has Pollard gone next year. He's, he, you know, everybody hates on Zeke. 
He just continues to churn out top 10 running back seasons. Beast. Damian Pierce, what a year he had as well. Uh, I do hate the Texans, but man, he is a talent. And Kareem Hunt, a free agent. And that kind of transitions us nicely into the must-watch offseason. I mean, Kareem Hunt could be a top 12 running back, depending where he lands. We also have free agents in David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, you know, James Cook, a huge must-watch, given Devin Singletary is a free agent. He might become the featured back. There's a chance I'm ranking James Cook in my top 12 running backs if Devin Singletary is gone. We know Zach Moss is gone. If they make no big moves and they don't re-sign Singletary, I think James Cook would be a fringe top 12 running back next year. So definitely a huge must-watch um, entering the offseason. And then similarly, as like the quarterback position, we talked about free agents. We've already kind of hit upon the big ones. Barkley, Jacobs, Tony Pollard, top 12 running backs, probably regardless of where they land. But then you also have Miles Sanders, Kareem Hunt, David Montgomery, potential top 20 running backs on their landing spot. And even after them, Damian Harris, Jeff Wilson, Jamal Williams, Donta Foreman, you know, Penny, Madison, Singletary, Pirine, like McKinnon, these guys, when they get work that have just consistently performed all free agents. So a lot of intriguing moving parts at the running back position and obviously huge implications for guys like Chubb, Stevenson, Swift, Zeke, you know, James Cook, as we've talked about, given this free agent pool. So that's kind of the must watch. We mentioned Brees Hall, Javante Williams uh, with the health suspension for Oliver Kamara. And the last must watch of the running back I want to toss out there, Pichon Robinson, a rookie running back. I'm not going to dive into too many rookies in this show, but this is the next big thing at the position, folks. Pichon Robinson. Rumors that the Eagles are potentially interested. I mean, wherever he lands, he's probably going to be a top 12 running back. But if he lands in a spot like the Eagles, the Chiefs, like these crazy offenses, the sky would be the absolute limit. So that's the last must-watch. Find where this running back goes. All righty, Wolfpack. Thanks again so much. I'm going to hit the wide receiver position next. Just taking a quick sip of water as I do that thumbs up button. If you're enjoying the content, we'll be so greatly appreciated. Whether you're with us live here, whether you're catching the replay, if you're here live, get your questions on in. I'm going to be happy to answer anything you guys got. But let's move now to the wide receiver positions 2023 rankings and tiers way too early, but maybe not early enough for you guys. Uh, let's pull up my wide receiver rankings and dive into my tiers and my overall philosophy of the position, which is greatly changing. As you all know, I've always been a bell cow breeder, running back, running back, figure out the rest. I'm switching it up this year. Zero RB. Yes, you know, Zig Brothers are zagging. Everybody's going to be on the zero running back train after the year we saw. And we've seen this happen before. Big receiver years followed up by big workhorse back years. I really don't care. You look at this top six here I got in tier one, all first round locks for me uh, and all every single one of them, you know, you're getting elite production. That's what's so nice about the first round receivers is it's set and forget. Like you're running backs, the injuries and the underwhelming nature of Dalvin Cook and just there's certainly more risk and more fluctuation in the running back position. Whereas receivers, you draft Justin Jefferson at one, Tyree Kill two, Stefan Diggs three, Devontae Adams four, Jamar Chase five, Cooper Cup at six. You know you're getting elite production from all of those guys. And that's why they deserve to 100% be first-round locks. Only maybe you consider McCaffrey, Eckler, and Henry over any of them. Now, you could rank these guys really in whatever order you'd like. I do think Jefferson has affirmed himself. You know, I'm, the, I'm the guy. I'm the captain. I'm number one here. Approaching 2,000 yards this year. A monster season for him. 
him and Kirk Cousins only going to get better in my opinion. Uh, so I love Justin Jefferson at the top for me. Uh, but Tyreek Hill, what an absolute yo. He needs Pat Mahomes, not quite after this season. The big thing was the volume. And he kept talking about how I'm leaving the Chiefs because they don't throw it to me enough. And then you saw it come to vision, 12, 13, 14, 15, 13, 14, 10, 13. I mean, over half of his game, he had 13 or more targets. That's beastly for Tyreek Hill. And man, did he impress in his in this offense running after the catch, you know, not Debo Samuel in terms of backfield and that type of usage, but greatly schemed up by Mike McDaniels. Diggs, you don't need me to rave about him. You know how damn good he is. The best quarterback in fantasy football, his number one weapon. He really reemerged too. Like I know that last year, you you know, he a little underwhelming for Steph, Stephon Diggs standards. He really bounced back. Huge year for Stephon Diggs this past year. Now, I know that the end of the year was a little cold. Five, eight, four, and four. Some shitty weather in there. Uh, it's just some some mixes. So that's like why he's not my number one guy, despite being in such an explosive offense. I, I still think Stefan Diggs, though, pretty impossible to rank as anything other uh, than a top five asset. You could argue maybe you bump Adams over him, depending on what happens at quarterback. I mean, what a year he had, even with Carr, Stidham last week, two touchdowns. I mean, beastly, beastly, beastly game. But you are Chase. You know, he could always you bump him above Diggs if you want. Really, you can reorganize these top five. They're just the first-round locks. Nobody has the ceiling of these guys to just go for 40 to 50 any given week. I think Cooper Cup rounds him out. He's the biggest question mark. That's the only reason he's at six. Because, you know, before getting hurt, he's, he's the wide receiver, too, in fantasy points per game at the position. Actually finishes a top 20 PPR wide receiver, playing only nine of the games on the season. So Justin Jefferson had 18.7 half PPR points per game, but Cooper Cup 18.2 right behind him. Then Tyree kills Adams and Diggs round out your top five in points per game. Diggs did drop off a bit. You know, Adams and Hill at 17 and then Diggs 15. Uh, but man, just so, so freaking good. Uh, and then he moved to tier two. These are my round two guys. And that's where I start to consider running backs more. But I also have you know, CD Lamb, AJ Brown at seven, eight, and then Amon Ra, St. Brown at nine. Locked into my running back. I mean, my round two positions there. Locked in at wide receiver ones, but elite. If you are receiver receiver, you know, Chase and Lamb, something of that nature, you could have a ridiculous start. Look at some of the biggest running backs from the season. Uh, you know, we're talking about like Ramondre Stevenson, Tony Pollard. Like you could have had them, Josh Jacobs. You had those three running backs and then three elite receivers. And that will probably, those guys will emerge again in 2023 those mid-round running backs that just go nuts. So I do love this receiver-receiver approach. I'm definitely going to be experimenting more with it. Those are the guys I consider the round two, you know, fringe round one, definitely round two locks in Lamb, Brown, and St. Brown. Uh, Lamb in particular, questions, will he ever be the alpha? Can he get it done with Dak entering the year? Multiple, over half of his games with 10 or more targets, truly showed he is an alpha here. Love CeeDee Lamb. I've always loved the player. It was just great confirmation. AJ Brown obviously was a pristine fit with the explosive Eagles offense and Jalen Hurts. Uh, the, you know, the kids' birthday party narrative came to fruition. And then Sippy Cup, Amon Ross St. Brown, like absolute uh, definition of a target hog. Ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator, could not be better as a schemer with slot receivers. So, you know, to me, just, especially in PPR League, St. Brown is an absolute monster. The ceiling doesn't seem quite as high as some of these other guys. He's not quite the touchdown score as that next tier or the two guys above him. But St. Brown, just such a reliable source 
of 12, you know, 10, 12, 12, 10, 12, 11, 10, you know, 9, 12, 11, 13. It, almost all of his games, only two games on the season that he played, did he see less than eight targets. That's that's insane. Insane volume and schemes open so, so well by Ben Johnson. So big fan. Then we move to tier three, and these are like your your round three wide receivers, your elite wide receiver twos. If you somehow did go running back, running back, or maybe you got Kelsey running back to begin the draft, they could still get you by as your wide receiver one. But at third, your wide receiver two, you're feeling damn good. Jalen Waddle at 10, DK Metcalf at 11, Hopkins at 12, and then T Higgins at 13. And Higgins on any other team would probably be right with the AJ Browns, the CD Lambs, maybe even approach that top tier. That's how good he is. But he'll always be the 1B to Jamar Chase, in my opinion. I think Chase is just that much more elite here. Uh, so that tier, though, is you know high-end, high-end, elite wide receiver twos, low-end wide receiver ones. Metcalf got it done all year with Geno Smith. You got to think he's due for a quarterback upgrade. Or Geno, I mean, he, he could be back. He played really, really well. Waddle's obviously a perfect fit for McDaniels, ripping it up and down the field after the catch. So huge fan of him. Um, and then you move into... Your Chargers guys, I mean, Keenan Allen only played nine games, but, man, were they emphatic once he got in there. Ultimately, uh, huge target hog. Similar to St. Brown, 14, 14, 9, and 14, then sixth last week against the Rams. But he really closed out the season in style, was top 13 across the game. You know, definitely getting up there in age, so maybe you got to consider that well into his 30s entering the year. I do have to maybe consider that a little bit more, especially when you got guys like Devonta Smith. You know, the slim reaper, young, emerging talents like him. I, part of me, as I watch this and, and think about it, maybe Smith belongs even right alongside T. Higgins, the way he performed this season, uh, ultimately finishing as the wide receiver 10, Devonta Smith, and overall fantasy points right around the wide receiver 15 and points per game. So something to consider there uh, for your fantasy rankings at next season. But I do love Chargers. I like anything tied to Justin Herbert as I think that offense, I mean, rumbling, rumblings that Sean Payton might be interested in going there. I don't know that they get rid of Staley after a playoff bound season, but that would be something special for sure. Godwin, it clearly has emerged as the go-to guy for Tom Brady or whoever. Really such a stud. Like if we knew what the state of the quarterback was, I think Godwin would be right into that tier three with DK, Hopkins, Higgins, I rank him as a talent right along those guys. But big quarterback questions here. What's going to happen? Who's going to be the play caller? Uh, but a year removed now from the surgery, so fully healthy. He's talked about at length this year how he really hasn't gotten his legs under him quite yet. I could see him being an absolute monster with the right QB, the right play caller, but those are two huge question marks for Godwin. And then we start talking about the young guys. You know, Devonta Smith at 17, like I talked about, I might bump him all the way up to 14, 13 type range here. But after him, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, such an impressive rookie class this last year. You got to think both those guys do for huge quarterback upgrades this offseason. Love them. Then you got a couple of the, like the, the past top five guys and Debo Samuel, Calvin Ridley, some question marks, of course, entering 2022 or 2023 rather. But man, they could be huge, huge assets, huge talents. Uh, it depends who's throwing to Debo. Uh, but man, we know Calvin Ridley. Has been never finished outside the top eight quarter uh, receivers across the last two years. He's elite, so he could be a monster. Cooper, top ten receiver in fantasy points this year, it was boomer bust. It is how it goes with Amari Cooper, but you got to think him and Deshaun Watson. 
can really forge that rapport this offseason and get even better. Tyler Lockett, a you know, six-game touchdown streak entering last week. What a beast he is. Just continues to get it done. And then we rounded out with some more of those guys. You know, Christian Watson, again, another part of that elite, elite rookie class we had this year. You know, when he took over as a starter, there was a five-week span. He was the number one receiver in fantasy football. He averaged over 25 points per game uh, for a five-game stretch. Did fizzle out a little bit when Dobbs came back and Rodgers still continues to play games with him. But, man, he's a beast. And then Terry McLaurin rounds out our top 25 you got other guys, you know, I won't go through the entire rest of these guys, but, you know, Mike Evans, DJ Moore, big quarterback questions, but obviously insane talent. Similar to Pittman, great talent. Who's his QB going to be? Will Marquise Brown be able to get it done without with somebody not named Kyler Murray? Drake London, he's as talented as any of these rookies we talked about, but less faith in Arthur Smith as a play caller. Christian Kirk, great season, but could he be a beast even with Calvin Ridley? Brandon Ayuk, what a step this guy took, but it's Trey Lance going to really get it done for multiple receivers if he's the guy. And Judy definitely emerges a target hog down the stretch. You got to mention George Pickens and Dotson too. Again, you know, definitely top 20 upside. Dotson was a top 20 wide receiver in six of his eight games this year. I love, 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 love him. Obviously, you need you know Pickens, a complete and utter beast. So those are some of the must-watch stories. Like, How does the offseason develop for this impressive, this insane rookie class? Then yeah, another great 2023 rookie class coming in right behind him. So be interesting to see where those guys land. In terms of, especially compared to the running back position, free agent wise, to move to must watches. You know, Juju D is number one. DJ Chark, Jacoby Myers, McCole Hardman, Slayton, Paris Campbell, Lazard, Sterling Shepard. You can probably get what I'm getting at. It's not nearly as exciting as the running back position is at the wide receivers. Last year was an insane wide receiver crop. This year makes you want to puke. So it makes you wonder: Will there be any more monster trades? I mean, we had again. A.J. Brown, Tyree Kill, and Devontae Adams all moved. Will we get some more crazy offseason fireworks this year? We can only hope, given that free agent pool looks disgusting. And then, of course, we mentioned the health of Cooper Cup, but you also got guys like Rashad Bateman, Darnell Mooney, Rondale Moore coming off some season-ending injuries. How will they be? How will they be recovering this offseason? Wolfpack, we'll now wrap it up here with my way-too-early We'll wrap up here with my way too early 2022 tight end rankings. We'll breeze through these a bit quicker than the other positions given tight end positions. Pretty much Travis Kelsey, maybe Mark Andrews, and that's about it. But let's talk about how I have these guys ranked. Travis Kelsey still a tier in his own. You know, talks will you falter as a 35 year old? Is he ever going to crumble? I don't know. He's so good at avoiding contact. I think he's a little soft in that sense, but it, pres- it prolongs his career. It preserves him. He is so damn good at finding the soft spots in the zone. Such a good chemistry with Pat Mahomes. I need to see him fall off before I you know, rank him that hypothetically will. He's a guy I'll continue to go back to the well. I don't care if I'm a year too late on it. Travis Kelsey is just the ultimate edge in fantasy football. Worth a top five pick in 2023. I already set an alarm on my phone. Remind me in June to rank Travis Kelsey in the top three because he is that big of an edge. One of the highest advance rates in best ball, Travis Kelsey. Now, Mark Andrews, obviously a disappointing year. I'm chalking a lot of it up to health, though, because he was having, yet again, another monster season to kick off 2022. 21, 25, three-point double, then 19 and 20. Gets hurt and ultimately single digits all the way until this last week, week 17. And that's when I thought he'd finally look the healthiest they've seen him a long time, nine catches, a hundred yards. 
back to the Mark Andrews we knew and love. So I think he does still deserve that number two overall tier by himself spot. Because when he was healthy, he was that. He was still that um, humongous elite edge that only Travis Kelsey could outdo. But a little questionable now moving forward. It, you know, after after being that complete utter lock, you couldn't even question. You got to have a little bit of eyebrow raise there. Then you move to tier three. You know, these are the guys that are locked in tight end ones. Not quite the level of Kelsey, but the guys that you wouldn't bench uh, any given, even if there's a fire on Sunday type of guys. Now, Dallas Goddard, my number three. What a great year he was having before his injury. Um, steady, reliable. At the tight end position, you know, he had uh, 8, 11, 10, 10, 14, you know, 29. Pretty cap ceiling at that one, again, 20-point day where he's the number one tight end. But did not really dip, only two dips into the top five tight end pools but also only twice fell outside of the top 11. So he was just a really, really reliable guy, even if the ceiling was pretty capped. In this offense, he's always going to have himself a nice ceiling. Now, the tight end two on the year was TJ Hawkinson. Uh, he comes in at my tight end five behind George Kittle, who absolutely erupted, was the tight end one over the final four weeks of the season. Really had a good rapport with Brock Purdy. Did not have a good rapport at all with Trey Lance throughout his career so far. But he went for 23, 27, then 10 points to close out three straight top 12 performances, one and two uh, for two of those weeks. Man, George Kittle was an absolute beast here down your stretch runs. So if he can continue to milk that, like that's the thing with him, though, is it is up and down. It is a little consistent, inconsistent here for him. But I just love the player. As a talent, the best tight end in the league. Hopefully he can continue to find a good rapport. Him and Hawkins is a tricky one to rank, though. Only Travis Kelsey outscored Hawkinson. Only Travis Kelsey had more expected fantasy points than TJ Hawkins, and he was right at home in uh, Minnesota right from the get. He was the number two wide receiver option there. Took over for Adam Thielen. Never, you know, had that one like 30 point day with the team, but was rock steady the rest of the way there. So I do love Hawkinson. And then, of course, the guy that will make a lot of you puke, Kyle Pitts. But I mean, nobody had more air yards, and he missed, you know, last half of the season. And he still led the position in air yards. Over half of his targets were deemed uncatchable. Just a slight quarterback upgrade, and we could be talking about an absolute monster. Still, I still believe in the player. Still believe in the talent. Roll your eyes all you want. And I round out my top uh, 10 tight ends with Fryermuth. What a steady source of volume. What a beast. Just like rock solid, reliable, great set of hands, good after the catch. I really made that his focus this year, and it came out big time. And then you got Darren Waller. You always got to have him as a top 10 guy. I know it was inconsistent, but he is still you know 6'5", big beastly athlete. Uh, you got to imagine another quarterback upgrade potentially coming there. So I still like Waller. I still believe in him. Um, David Njoku, big breakout this past year. Just had a good rapport down the stretch there. I mean, yeah, I'm thinking about Darren Waller too. 12, 8, and 15 once he finally got back healthy. 10 and 14 to kick off the year before getting hurt. Similar to Mark Andrews. You got to kind of give it that type of respect, that type of treatment. Um, oh, I didn't move my banner. My fault there. <laughs> Wolf back. Uh, and then Dalton Schultz and David Njoku round out my top 10 here. But yeah, as mentioned, David Njoku, top six tight end before he himself got hurt, ultimately finished the year um, right around the top 10 in fantasy points per game, right alongside, you know, um, Fryer Muth, Evan Ingram, uh, some of these guys that had some huge games. And Dalton Schultz, a free agent. Otherwise, if he was back with the Cowboys, would probably be inside that top, you know, 
right, right here, five, six range, not above Hawkinson, but maybe above Pitts. So we'll see where he ends up going. After that, you know, it's becomes that kind of throw a dart. So we're not going to dive into these guys, but Dawson Knox tight end 11. You know, if you're throwing the darts, you want the good offenses. Komet had some big games at number 12 there. Higby, maybe he reemerges. Uh, I don't know. I don't buy that. Taysom Hill, uh, maybe he needs to bump up. He was actually a tight end two in standard leagues. If you don't get points for receptions, Evan Ingram only low because he's a free agent. Now, if he resigns with the Jags, why shouldn't they resign him? I could see him finish, you know, ranking right in this top, you know, right around Fryermuth, maybe even higher. He had his best year as a professional. Looked so damn athletic throughout the the stretch run of this year. I mean, you look at he was the number two tight end in fantasy over his last five games, 12, 34, 10, 15. And then they had Dud to close it out with three points against Houston. But what a season he ended up having, especially as he finally found some consistent footing there. And then it becomes a crapshoot, you know, Everett, good offense touchdowns, right? You know, Gusecki, a free agent. So that's maybe a, a kind of the time to transition to the must watch at the tight end position. And so the free agents, Dalton Schultz, Mike Gusecki, Evan Ingram, all potential top seven tight ends depending where they land. And then you got good athletes like Irv Smith, Hayden Hurst, Foster Moreau, Tunyon, you know, Jawan Johnson, free agents, far less appealing though than that big three again of Schultz, Gasecki, and Evan Ingram. Those are the stories I'm watching. Also, you know, how's Taysom Hill? Where's he going to, is he going to be continuing to be that? And Chig, Chig Okonkwu, that next precipice, him and Greg Dolchik's, how are they developing this offseason? Two very impressive rookies could be big household names down the stretch. In 2023. Alrighty, we'll pack 50 minutes here of my entire 2023 rankings. Again, nobody else out there yet to bias my rankings. So I like to get them out there early. Gives me also, as I send people up, uh, up and down the rankings, you can see why it's happening. So not just a complete and utter disgusting addict here at Fantasy. There is an actual point to this exercise. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, that thumbs up button means the world. Let's hit a quick mailbag here. We got, of course, my man Campanelli. Uh, and a very, very important comment, too. Thoughts and prayers, especially for DeMar Hamlin. Getting good news as of today, uh, you know, that he was conscious. Actually wrote to the doctors, you know, did we win the game? So it seems like we're trending 100% in the right direction, which is awesome. Uh, but what a scary sight. As a football fan, I've never seen quite anything like that, uh, it makes you question your love for the game, honestly, when you see things like that. Um, but everything you read about the kid is stand-up act, class act. I could go on and on. I could do a whole podcast about how wonderful uh, he is. You know, you guys, I'm sure, have seen the toy drive and donate to that if you haven't already. Like, go support an amazing cause for an amazing person. But it does seem at this point, I'm happy we're recording it because uh, all week it was a mystery. It seems like he's definitely trending towards the right direction. So continue prayers up for him. Obviously he's not a full recovery quite yet, but everything is overwhelmingly positive these last few days or last few hours, really just today is where we've started to see some really big signs. Um, and just a kudos to the, the NFL medical staff. You know, obviously you can question the five minute ruling and all that stuff. Um, what was going on. But when you look at just like how they handle emergency situations, it's always been impressive, but especially I mean, they, they probably saved this man's life, by the, the CPR and all that. So, like, you got to tip your hat to everything they did. There's lots of stories about, um, you know, how how well-trained and how you know, well-directing some of the people out there were. So, yeah, absolutely. Thoughts and prayers out there, though. Tomorrow, hopefully he continues 
moving towards that 2023 recovery. And indeed, Campanelli, never too early. You can check all these rankings out at RotaryJournal.com slash Big Board. We'll be updating them all offseason. And thanks once again, Kevin Rice, for your super chat and for ordering a shirt. Anybody else that wants to order a shirt, go check out shop.rosaryjournal.com with all your your season winnings here. Go check out the site and uh, let it burn. Thank you, Michael Fawcett. Great work, great work. Great great having you around for so many of the streams, my man. And Kristen, man, you are always here as well. You're welcome for the advice, and thank you for being such a great, consistent fan. Charlie, if you're not way too early, you're way too late. Hell yeah, baby. And I, I hope you took it down. Uh, my man, I, I want to hear how it all went. Obviously, a lot of ships still up in the air, too. Uh, my man just had me winning the ship the same day the baby girl was born. Giants win. What a day. Hell yeah, Giuseppe. Uh, awesome, awesome Sunday. I know we saw you at the hospital last time we talked to you. Impressive, impressive stuff, my man. Great stuff. Splitting third place in one league. Yeah, it's kind of what you got to do, you know, tunes. Um, too bad I uh, lost in the ship, man, but. It's what happens. I, I have the classic tunes. Um, you know, most points during my bye week, dud during my semifinals, outscored every team in the league during the finals. I, it's why? Why does this happen? I hate it. Bulldog, what's going on, man? Came in second with Mixon and Higgins to play, but was down 45 points. Yeah, I mean, maybe they get there. We've seen, you know, each, each of those guys do 20 to 30 on their own. Mixon had 50 on his own. But, you know, what can you do? Uh, you know, I'm glad to hear it came in second. It was a great season. You were awesome, Bulldog fan. So good to see you throughout it. Uh, thank you for all the hell, hell yeah, Dave. <laughs> Chose to split the pot and conduct a 15 round boxing match to determine the winner. Oh man, you got to record that match, Campanelli. I've got to see this man. Now, let's get the training. Let's get the Rocky video going here. Uh, I, I got to see you throw down in the ring. Hell yeah, let's go. What a way to decide it. <laughs> Truly deciding. You know, we treat it as a joke. You got to have a fight to the death for the uh, the picture, you know, boxing match. Um, and you actually took it. <laughs> Great to see. Well, thank you again so much. It was awesome to get back and going, trying to be consistent in this offseason so I can keep touch with you guys. You guys are all legends. Charlie taking it home. Hell yeah, let's go, Wolfpack. Uh, thank you guys again so much for being here. On your way out, that thumbs up button would be so greatly appreciated. Comment if you're catching the replay. I'll be checking those comments, replying at all. If you have questions for the offseason, Dynasty, any of that stuff, you can find me at Rotor Street Wolf. We got some big stuff planned for 2023, so stick out tuned. Hit that sub button if you haven't already, and join that wolf pack at RoadStreetJournal.com. In a world of fancy sheep, be the wolves, guys. Later. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. Football right there, folks.